What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Self-Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher. And I'm Kelsey Cook. And today, ooh, we got a juicy one, baby. But before we get into it, Kelsey, do you have any hot announcements for us? I do. Uh, the 2022 tour, the Hustler Tour yeah. is underway. And I have even more new dates to tell you guys about. Uh, we just added a lot more cities. So this weekend, I will be in Uncasville, Connecticut at the Comics Roadhouse Comedy Club. So come see me if you're in the area. And then Valentine's weekend, I'm in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, later in the month of February, the 25th and 26th, I'm in Hartford at the Funny Bone there. March 4th and 5th, I'm in Syracuse. March 9th through 12th, I'm in Minneapolis at Acme Comedy Club, which I'm so excited for. I've been wanting to do that club for a long time. Um, the weekend after that, I am at Zany's in Chicago, March 18th, 19th. Uh, and then, gosh, do I have something 25th? 26 I believe I do hold on let me pull up my picture you guys the flyer <laughs> if you haven't seen it it's it's an exciting flyer oh yes oh so March 24th New York City baby uh, I'm at City Winery headlining uh one night only in New York City so looking forward to that Niagara Falls March 25th through 26th Ooh. and then it just goes on and on Vegas Providence San Diego Tampa Bakersfield Boston Oklahoma City Spokane Fort Collins DC Grand Rapids oh if any God. of those cities I just said is where you I don't live or near where you you live. haven't said yet. I think you are literally <laughs> everywhere this year. <laughs> yes. And I just got an email about Raleigh and about Indianapolis. So go to KelseyCook.com. I'm telling you, I, I'm going to look like I am 524 years old by the end of this year because <laughs> that is too much time on a plane, but I am excited to get out there and perform for you guys. So get some tickets and come see me. Yeah, Whew, do okay. it. I love it. I love it. My update is, e-fishing out on the podcast, the uh, the minimalist business podcast. 
we're, we, we hit episode number 30. We are just a fresh baby little podcast <laughs> over there. And um, it's so funny. Right out of the oven. I know. I just saw our documents like self-helpless episode number 252. And I'm like, 30 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> so look, I'm, I'm super yeah. happy with um, how things are going over there. If you're an entrepreneur, business owner, contractor, and you are looking to scale a thriving minimalist business, would love to have you. And I'm really excited about... Uh, this new season, we're changing some things around, making it even more efficient over there. Um, so yeah, come on, come on over. Today, we are talking about one of the most incredible books on this planet, The Four Agreements by yeah. Don Miguel Ruiz. Yes. Look, the book needs no introduction. It is, it's like 10 million copies at this point. It's all over the place. You've probably heard about it yeah. or read it several times. This is not really a book review episode. Our book review would not do this justice. You need to just go buy the book, read it, listen to mm -hmm. it, ingest it. But the gist is that, um, you know, it's a basically a practical guide to personal freedom. Uh, Don Miguel talks about how we are all conditioned as humans and, you know, we don't have a lot of choice in things, how we were raised, not even like we didn't choose our name, we didn't choose our language, we didn't choose our yeah. religion, all this stuff. And so... Um, the four agreements is basically how we can take our power back and un unlearn and kind of recondition ourselves to do things that feel really kind of aligned with us. So that is, that's the gist of everything. But before we get yeah. into it, um, we do have a quotable and the quotable mm -hmm. says, I will no longer allow anyone to manipulate my mind and control my life in the name of love. And that was from... Oh. Yes. The four agreements. There we go. Um, Kelsey, you want to talk about the four agreements, little snapshot? Yes. And um, for our longtime listeners, this might sound familiar to you because we had Jim Florentine on uh, maybe two years ago, maybe longer. And longer, I think that was his favorite book. And so we discussed it with him, uh, loved hearing his perspective on it. And it felt like it was time to revisit it and talk about it from our point of view and maybe some of the things we've learned in the last couple years and how it applies now. Um, yeah. I also just feel like it's one of those books that's kind of like the artist's way where it's a good book to read again yes. every year or two. It's or a like staple. the War of Art. It really, it's a staple. It's, it's like a tattoo. It's something that you want to see over and over to be reminded because uh, like he said, that conditioning, that social conditioning yeah. runs so deep in us yeah. to potentially see things in a, uh, maybe not necessarily negative viewpoint, but we can victimize our, ourselves a lot, I think, and take things really personally. And one of the agreements is don't think, take things personally. And I just love that the message of this book is if you can really implement these four agreements, yeah. you will go out into the world with almost an armor on of like, I create my own positivity. And even if hard things happen, I am choosing to view them in a certain way that it's not going to wreck my day or wreck yeah. my week. You know? I love the fact that, you know, he shares that this can just reduce so much conflict and anxiety in your life yeah. if you follow these. And yeah, I just like the, the idea of like, yeah, we basically trained like dogs. <laughs> like we were, you know, we were yes. trained a certain way and anything that we have kind of accepted as truth is like our old agreements with ourselves. Like when, you know, that line, like it's always been done this way. So we're just going to keep doing it this way. 
we've agreed yeah. to that by how we are going about our life in you know modern society. And I love the way that he's just like flipping this on its head is like, these are the four agreements that really matter. <laughs> and yes. the other ones should be questioned. So yeah. Yes. So, so to get into the four agreements, the first one is be impeccable with your word. So um, Rui states that while this agreement is the most important, it is the most difficult one to honor. Yeah. So he starts by analyzing the word impeccable. Um, it comes from Latin, uh, which means sin and without. So basically, um, without sin, uh, he describes a sin to be anything that goes against oneself and therefore being impeccable with language means to take responsibility for one's actions and remain without judgment against oneself and others. Uh, so in essence, this agreement focuses on the significance of speaking with integrity and carefully choosing words before saying them out loud. Oh, so good. This one, <laughs> like, yeah, this really is the hardest, not because it's like people are just lying all over the place, but sometimes when you are speaking your truth, you can be really terrified of rejection. You could be terrified of losing a relationship. You could mm-hmm. not want to hurt somebody's feelings. You have all these other feelings wrapped into it. And it can yeah. make it harder to just say what you're thinking. Like it's easier yes. said than done. Yeah. That one for me has been a big exercise in like, how do I, how do I make that agreement work? And knowing that I'm a people pleaser, because yes. I think sometimes we either keep our true feelings for ourselves because we're afraid to hurt somebody else's feelings, um, which then can build resentment. And all of that, it's like, how do you find that middle ground where you say things tactfully and yet it it is how you feel and you're staying honest. It's, I talk about the desiderata, the desiderata all the time on here. And there's a part where it says, speak your truth. Speak your truth. I cannot talk today. (laughs) Speak your truth. It's Monday morning. Um, Speak your truth quietly and clearly. And I love Mm. that line because it's about making sure that you're really conveying what you're saying, but in a peaceful way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think with this one, especially when it comes to conditioning, if you've been conditioned to be a people pleaser, chances are there's part of your experience where you have maybe even been punished for speaking your mind or you've mm -hmm. been punished for telling Mm -hmm. the truth if it wasn't what the people around you wanted or what society wanted. And so you've also been conditioned not to speak your truth And so I think some people might need a little extra help in this area if there's some trauma that that is connected to speaking the truth for you. And so it's like, yeah, it's like you can be you can know that this is agreement that makes sense, but still have trouble doing it. And um, I don't know. I think that's that's an important one, I think, for just to be in therapy about and to practice small with little nuggets. But yes. And this, this one is the one that includes like. Um, refrain from gossiping, um, stop your internal negative self-talk, stop telling yourself that you're Mm -hmm. stupid, um, speak with your integrity, say only what you mean. So like, that's a big one too, where it's like, I think gossip in our society, especially with like gossip Collins and freaking tabloid magazines and all this shit, it's seen as just normal. It's seen as just normal topics of conversation so much. And I feel like gossip has even been something where people feel connected to each other. If they're gossiping gossiping about the same thing or the same person, and I'm not excluding myself from this, obviously we've all gossiped, but like we, we can see it as like, oh, 
we are talking about the same situation or person. So we are connected and bonding by mm-hmm. that and, yeah. and flipping that on its head. It's like, there's, there's way other ways, you know, there's so many other ways you can bond with somebody and form a connection than, than gossip. So that's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. And when we, I don't know if you listeners remember when we had Ken Gar on also a couple of years ago, he was such a great guest and he talked a lot about r- rigorous honesty. Yeah. And then that is when things changed for him And that was a big takeaway from that episode was like, just even when it's hard to put aside that people pleasing trait and employ rigorous honesty. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Agreement number two, don't take anything personally. Tough baby. <laughs> Hard. I don't, this one might be the hardest. I think two and three might be the harder ones for me than one. But um, so number, okay. Uh, the second agreement provides readers with a way to deal with hurtful treatment from others that they may experience in life. It advocates the importance of having a strong sense of self and not needing to rely on the opinions of others in order to be content and satisfied with their self-image. This agreement also allows readers to understand the notion that each individual has a unique worldview that alters their own perceptions and that the actions and beliefs of a person is a projection of their own personal reality. Yeah. Um, Ruiz believes that anger, jealousy, envy, and even sadness can lessen or dissipate once an individual stops taking things personally. Mm. <laughs> mm. How do you feel about this one? Yeah. I mean, I think we have, I feel like taking things personally is kind of our human default. You know what I mean? If somebody mm-hmm. somebody looks at you the wrong way, yeah. or or somebody, um, yeah, if if you or somebody cancels plans, I'm trying to think of like I feel like I took everything personally when I was dating. So it's like somebody cancels plans on you yes. or whatever. Um, you just think, oh, they they don't give a shit about me. They don't like me. What did I do wrong? You know, you just start kind of spiraling right. with that. And it's like, you just, you don't know that person's, you know, dog could have just died and they just don't want to feel like, they don't feel like wanting to see anybody right now. Like you just don't know as much as you can think, you know, what's going on in somebody's life. You really just don't know. We don't know everybody else's personal business. So I don't know how you, can you think of a time where you took something personally and then later found out it wasn't personal yeah. Um, I had, uh, I had a situation with a friend a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, and she and I had been close for, I want to say maybe four or five years, but like 
she had exhibited some kind of weird behavior every now and then. Like every, seemed like a biannual big time flake would happen Mm. with her where like we would have plans and then it would just be almost like fell off the face of the earth type of a thing where I was like, what? This is so like, what happened? And then she would kind of pop back up and apologize a little bit, but it just, it always felt like there was something kind of off in those situations. And then um, she had a baby and we had plans to meet and she, she was like, I'll be there in 30 or something. Like I was like, I'm picking something up and I'll be right over. And then just never came. And then I never heard from her again. Whoa. And I texted and was like, are you okay? Like I just checking in, just making sure you're okay. Nothing. Never heard from her again. And this is a close friend of yours. And I was like, what the fuck? Like what happened? And I would, that was my first instinct was to see what I could find within myself to take it, to be like, did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? I don't understand what could have changed yeah. in the last 30 minutes from her being like, just pick, picking something up and I'll be right over. Right. And being like, great, see you soon. Right. To just fell off the face of the earth. And um, her sister came to one of my shows a few months ago and was like, it's so good to see you. And um, I told, you know, my my old friend's name that I was yeah. going to see you. And she's like, oh, that's so exciting. And I was like, huh, I, I'm surprised because I, I haven't talked to her in a year and a half. And I thought that she, that there was some sort of falling out. I just, I never heard from her. She never showed up to us hanging out and I didn't know what happened. And she was like, oh, she's just like that sometimes. She just, Sometimes she just kind of like gets into a place and just does that. And she oh. said it so flippantly. And I'm, yeah. I'm standing there thinking, like, what's going well, on? Well, our friendship's over now. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, I can't, I, I can't be in a friendship like that. That's, it's not appropriate behavior. And I, listen, I can have compassion for anybody going through something, but you gotta, you gotta tell me right. that something's happening or else I can't help. I, I, that was one of those situations for a year and a half. I kept going over in my mind, like, what? Yeah. Did I do something? I took it personally, even though there was really nothing to go off of to do that. And it really reminded me when I saw her sister and her sister was like, oh, she's just like that sometimes. It's like, yeah, you know, sometimes things have absolutely nothing to do with you. Yeah, and right. you shouldn't take it personally because there's nothing that – you could yeah. have done differently to make the outcome different. And it, it's heartbreaking because I loved her very much and had some really good times with her, but it just sounds like maybe she's dealing with something that she needs to yeah, sort through I totally on her thought, own. Cause, right. I totally thought you were going to say like you saw her sister and then her sister was like, oh, she's, you know, really depressed. Like she's, she has clinical depression or there's a mental health issue that you weren't aware of that explains everything. But Oh, yeah. she just does that sometimes, doesn't I? I would still be like, wait, there's no closure. Like, what? What's going well, on? Right? To me, and again, I, I don't want to make assumptions about anybody's right. personal stuff like that. But to Agreement me, when somebody says, three. "Oh, she does stuff like that," that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. If that's a pattern of a thing, it's like 
A, that made it so I stopped taking it personally. It's like, okay, this is something that they do. And I had seen that behavior from her before, but not to this level. But two, it's like, I can't control that. And I also, um, as much as I love the good things about her, I'm so lucky to have so many incredible friends in my life that treat me very well and I treat them very well. So if there's somebody in my life that isn't able to do that and reciprocate being treated right within the friendship, it's like, I, I, yeah, too old, too old to be in friendships or relationships where stuff like that's happening. And you feel like you have to almost play both roles in the friendships. Well, maybe at some point agreement number one will come in. Well, where somebody will be impeccable with their word and you'll kind of find out at some point what may have been going on with her or something. Yeah. Um, Maybe she'll reach out. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I thought of this. Obviously there's so many examples, but I remember um, being a kid like in grade school and having somebody who was my friend all of a sudden not be my friend anymore and basically started bullying me. And it was so confusing. Oh. And um, it was like this weird rivalry that I did not want to have because I just wanted to be friends with yeah. everybody. And um, yeah. years later, when we were going into high school, I think, she found me on one of the social medias that was available, whatever, MySpace or whatever at that time. Mm-hmm. And she apologized to me. And she said, I was so incredibly jealous of you when we were growing up and I was battling an eating disorder the whole time. And I would have never known that. And I'm like, wow, I obviously I understand why it's hard to talk about those things when you're when we were that age. But if I had known, I could have supported Mm -hmm. you. But instead, I just thought you fucking hated me and you were like bullying me. So that was like, oh, wow. When, um, you know, for years I thought about like what happened with my friend and why did she turn on me and all this stuff? Why was there this competitive thing? And, um, you know, and then I got to share like, oh, it's so weird. I was always jealous of you because you're always, you know, always (laughs) been very attractive and all the boys liked you and stuff. So it was just that, wow, if we could have been honest or impeccable with our word as young, you know, young people, that all of that conflict and pain could have been avoided. Stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a million examples, but I don't know why that one kind of came to me. Yeah. Yeah. Agreement number three is don't make assumptions. The third agreement describes the issue of making assumptions, how it leads to suffering, and why individuals should not partake in making them. When one assumes what others are thinking, it can create stress and interpersonal conflict because the person believes their assumption is a representation of the truth. Uh, Ruiz believes that a solution to overcoming the act of making an assumption is to ask questions and ensure that the communication is clear between the persons involved. Individuals can avoid misunderstanding, sadness, and drama by not making assumptions. Mm. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, if if we're looking at the example with um, my former friend, I, I was making so many assumptions. I didn't even know what to make of it, but I I think our brain, like we talked about, you have that hard wiring, that conditioning to be like, well, I need to assume something to try to make sense of this. Right. But it was all for naught because then once I saw her sister and she said that, I was like, Oh, everything I assumed was wrong. It was just a right. waste of my time to be to be assuming. Right. 
It's like, if I catch myself in, yeah. I might be making an assumption. I just like, I need to ask the person a question. I need to stop making an ex- assumption and just find out the real information. Um, one thing coming to mind is when I was a tour guide at a, at a movie studio, mm-hmm. um, a friend, you know, we would, we would introduce ourselves to the guests and get to know them a little bit. And one of my friends um, told me about a tour that they had where they felt really bad because um, one of the guests said, oh, I, uh, I work on airplanes or something. And that person said, oh, as like a flight attendant or stewardess or something, because she was a woman. Yeah. And she said, no, I'm a pilot. <laughs> and he's like, Ooh, oh, my bad. I, that <laughs> assumption should not be made. You know, it's like we, mm-hmm. we see somebody and we make judgments about them without even realizing it sometimes. And trying to catch yourself before doing that can be really challenging. Like people make assumptions yes. based on your appearance and your religion. And if you have fucking tattoos on your arm or not, or, you know, like just anything. Um, if you have kids, if you don't have kids, I mean, the assumptions I can just think of that, that people have made um, of me because I don't um, want children or because I'm vegan or because I'm minimalist. It's like, it, it's all very funny to me. Like I, the assumptions of that, I don't, I hate kids. You know? <laughs> I don't like yeah. having fun. <laughs> I, <don't. laughs> I I eat yeah. quinoa every day, all day, like all these things where it's like, no, if right. you just talk to me about it, I'll just share with you why I've made these choices. Um, but right. yeah. Can you think of anything where you were making an assumption or somebody was making one about you? For sure. Um, The audition process just came to mind. I think in the world of entertainment, or if you've ever, even if you're not in entertainment, if you've gone out for interviews for work and you haven't gotten the job, man, can you incorporate agreement two and three really easily of like taking it personally and making assumptions. And I can't tell you how many times I've gone out for a role, uh, like an acting role, I don't get the part and then I see who they cast on the TV show or in the production and I'm like, oh, they are my polar opposite. Right. Like they went such a different direction than what I would have been able to bring. And rather than beating myself up, which I, you know, would typically do if I didn't get it, I'd be like, gosh, I should have done that better. It's like, then you see that and you go, no, there's nothing I could have done. Yeah. Um, I've mentioned on here before that I was in the final round of auditions to become the host of Magic Mike Live in Vegas years ago yeah. and didn't get it and it was bombed, really had wanted it. And then the first time I went and saw Magic Mike and I watched the host, she was so fucking good. She just was perfect for the job and so different from me. And I went up to her afterward and I said... I just want to tell you, I I was in the final round for this, and uh, it was so great to watch you do your thing because this is your role. Like nobody could have done this better than you did, and now she's one of my really close friends. Yeah. Uh, so it's like <laughs> sometimes it can be even a better situation where uh, more positive than you would ever think. Like that's yeah. pretty rare that you go from not getting an audition to getting to see who got it, interacting with them, and then clicking on a level where you're like, oh, shit, we're super close now. But yeah, yeah, the I recently 
submitted for an audition that it was actually one of my friends was on the production. She had told the producers about me, was like, I think Kelsey would be really great for this. And I sent a self-tape in and I felt pretty good about it. I There's a lot of auditions I do where I'm like, eh, I don't know. But this one, I was like, I feel like this is mine. I feel like I could really be good in this role. And then I didn't hear anything for a couple of weeks. I was like, fuck, what happened? And I texted her because in those two weeks, I started that really negative self-talk of like, yeah, it wasn't as good as you thought. Maybe maybe that was a really cringy self-tape and you just don't know. <laughs> and, I texted, and I texted my friend and I was like, hey, just thought I'd circle back. I assume because I haven't heard that it's a no. And she's like, oh my God, I've been meaning to call you. Everything went totally crazy with the production. They now are, they like brought in new people. Now they are like throwing out the scripts we had. They're totally rewriting the characters. It ended up having zero to do with me. Right. But in those two weeks, I was making a lot of uh, assumptions that were not in my favor. So just you just got to keep being reminded that you never know the full picture sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, I've even been like, ah, man, where was I recently? I was at like a pet store or something, a local pet store. Yeah. And um, there was a really nice guy in front of me. We were chatting about our dogs and stuff like that, as dog owners do. And um super friendly, you know, leaves. And then, um, I was talking to the, the owner of the store and they're like, um, that person who just left is a billionaire and owns X, Y, Z. And I'm like, what? And and this guy was just in flip flops and, and shorts and a t-shirt with a wow. baseball cap on super friendly. And I'm like, wow, I obviously have a lot of assumptions about billionaires because that shocked me when, yeah. when this person said that. And I yeah. was like, wow, I really need to check myself um, about whatever. And, you know, talked about like the philanthropy that this person does and all that stuff. And I'm like, wow, um, I, I needed that. I needed that. Remi- Sometimes you need that reminder, like, hey, um, stop making judgments or like those micro judgments that you make. You just never know a person's story. Um, and you can always talk to them directly to like find out how right. they feel about something or what's going on. Um, Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, assumptions. Oh, this, I guess my, um, with my corporate experience, when it comes to, you know, I was part of like hiring employees and interviewing and all that stuff. And the amount of people who didn't get the job because they were overqualified and we thought that they would oh get my bored, they would like this person uh. gone in three months. Like we can't take them on. They're going to be so bored. They're overqualified. They're going to leave us. Um, 
we're so many. You know what I mean? And that person might be thinking, what the fuck did I do? Like I was overqualified for that job. Why didn't I get it? And luckily I worked with a really great company who would tell people why they didn't get the job. Um, But not everybody does. Not everybody does give that feedback. And just even something like that, where it's like, yeah, you truly, if you're not getting that explanation, the assumptions that you can make about yourself or other people or about the company or whatever is is kind of endless. Right. Yeah. So this is now our final fourth agreement, which is such a good one. Always do your best. The fourth agreement allows readers to have better insight into achieving progress toward their goals in life. It entails integrating the first three agreements into daily life and also living to one's full potential. Um, doing the best that one can individually manage, which varies from different situations and circumstances. Um, but he believes that if one does their best in any given in, in any given moment, they will be able to avoid self-judgment and regret by incorporating the first three agreement first three agreements and doing the best they can in all facets of life, individuals will be able to live a life free from sorrow and self-ridicule. Now, it's not bulletproof, of course. You're still going to have times where you feel sorrow. But the always do your best thing has stuck with me a lot. I used to beat myself up a lot, especially in early years of this podcast, Um, especially where I'd like look back and beat myself up about performances from a year before or even months before. And it, I, I kept forgetting. It's like, well, that's the best that you could do at that time. But right. you've gotten better since. But you can't right. beat up past you for not being as good as you are now. That's right. that's a terrible way to live. But if you do really live by that you're always doing your best at that time, that's all you can give. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. It's like your best is going to look different at different parts of your life because you're using the experience or resources that you have at that moment. And doing your best doesn't mean being a perfectionist or trying to be perfect. That is not realistic, but just trying. Like for me, I think doing my best is admitting that I want to do well because I feel like in the past, I'd be like, oh, I didn't even really try. So like, who cares? But deep down, I was like, oh, I really want to do that thing. I really want that yeah. thing. But now it's really oh, like, yeah. no, I really want to succeed at this. I want to do well. And I'm admitting that I'm trying my best. I'm not yeah. I'm not shying away from the fact that I'm giving this my all. Because, yeah. because when you admit that, I feel like for me, I thought like, well, I have more to lose or I have more... I might be open to more criticism or I might be, I might have to really look at myself like, wow, I tried really hard and things did not go the way I wanted. Now, what the fuck do I do? Right. And that those negative kind of self, um, so that self-talk can happen, right? Like I'm not good enough to do this. I'm not talented enough to do this. I'm not smart enough to do this thing. So for me, I think that's what really, what I mean now by doing my best is actually being honest about the fact that I am doing my best or I want to be doing my best. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Well, I hope that uh, these agreements helped you guys kind of get 2022 off on the right foot and just a good reminder to try to to live by them Mm -hmm. if you can. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to take everything that's been handed to you at face value or as fact. You can really create create your own own life. And um, please get this book. 
read it, listen to it, ingest yeah. it. Um, there's so much in, in there that, of course, we could not cover today, um, just about yeah. the origin of all of this and the traditions of behind it and everything. And uh, it's it's a really remarkable book that just stands the test of time. Totally. Um, we've got an iTunes review of the episode. This is from The Infamousy. It says, the podcast came at the perfect time. I discovered this podcast in 2018 in the midst of a really, really severe mental breakdown. I searched anxiety, hoping something would come up to give me a little bit of comfort, and this podcast popped up. I listened to the episode on anxiety first and then moved on to all the others. You guys are just so relatable, and it really is like listening to friends. During my break, I was in and out of the ER, and I would pop my earphones in and listen to an episode, and it brought me a lot of comfort. And I want to thank you all for being so awesome. Doing way better mentally now and still listening. Keep up the good work, girls. Melissa. Oh, Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. Glad you're feeling better and hope you stay well. Yeah, so happy to hear you're feeling better. And, oof, that... It makes me happy to hear that if you pop your earphones, air, earphones, <laughs> earphones, air, earphones. Why does it sound weird? Yeah, earphones. God, <laughs> ninety-two. If you pop in and listen to us, that it can provide some comfort. That really means a lot. So thank Definitely. you for being a longtime listener. Yes, um, Kels. Any segments? Any hot wrecks or plugs or anything that you want to talk about? Yeah, I I do want to talk about something. Um, This is being recorded on January 10th, and it's being recorded the day after Bob Saget died. And I don't know how much I've talked about Bob on our podcast before, um, but he, he was a really big mentor of mine. And I've said for years now that he and Jim Norton are my comedy fairy godmothers. And it's like so strange when you start comedy, (laughs) you have no idea like what your path is going to be. And I certainly never thought in my wildest dreams that he would be somebody that not only knew, but was a huge help in my life. And um, I just wanted to talk about him a little bit and how incredibly kind and wonderful of a person he was and and the way he was to me. So when I lived in Seattle, this is, I must've been like 25 or 26. Uh, he came to Snoqualmie resort to do a big show there and he needed a local opener. And I think his agents had reached out to one of the local comedy producers and said, Hey, can you send like 10 YouTube links to 10 of your best local comics? And so that producer reached out to me and said, Hey, can you send me one of your YouTube links? Bob Saget's looking for an opener. And I was like, whoa, got so nervous, you know, and I I sent him a link. And then I found out, I can't remember if it was later that day or the next day, that of the 10 comics, Bob had chosen me. And I was shitting my pants. I told my parents, (laughs) I was so excited. And then I went and opened for him. And I remember, he, he was really like the first major star that I had ever met and certainly that I, that I had ever worked with, I think. And, um, he walked in and from down, like he was walking down a hallway toward me. He was like probably 40 feet away. He was a long ways away. And even from that far away, his first words when he saw me was just like almost shouting down the hall, you are so funny. Oh my God, you're amazing. Where have you been? And I like (laughs) looked over my shoulder. I couldn't believe he was talking to me. He just was so over the top 
kind and then watched my set, said a bunch of nice things, um, met Kane and Kane's family at the time. And, uh, he told me afterward that he wanted to help me in any way he could. And he wrote his email down on a little scrap of paper. And I still have that scrap of paper because I remember being floored that somebody like him wanted to help somebody like me because it's not like he was just a famous stand-up or a famous actor. He was a pop culture icon. Yeah, yeah. He was mega famous to the point where he didn't have to help anybody ever. And nobody right. would have faulted him for that. You know, right. like the man was incredibly busy. And there's also a lot of fake Hollywood people out there who are like, oh, I'll help you, kid. And then you never hear from him again. Or right. you try to take him up on it and they never get back to you. Anytime I emailed him, he would get right back to me. Just full of such, oh, I just realized I should look at my, I haven't even looked up my old emails from him Aww. yet. Oh, that's going to make me cry. Um, he got me my auditions. He helped get me my auditions at the Laugh Factory in LA and the Comedy Cellar in New York, which are two clubs that as a young comic, you're like, how am I ever going to get in there? Yeah. And you don't even know where to begin. You don't have a roadmap of how that even works. And he, I used to have a podcast called Cooked before Self Helpless. That wasn't a very big podcast. And he came on it and we did, we like promoted his book, Dirty Daddy. And he, <laughs> he knew it wasn't, it's not like him coming on was like coming on The View. It was going to help <laughs> his book sales particularly, but he just did it because he knew it would mean a lot to me. Yeah. And, um, I saw him again after that in D.C. for – there was like a roast of James Carville. And I was there with – that was the night I met John Mayer. Oh, And boy. shit my pants. Yep. And John and um, – John Mayer uh, and Bob were good friends. And I just I, – I told – I would tell Bob every time I saw him how much he meant to me and how much his help meant to me. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to – I don't know. It just felt like I needed to talk about him and be one of many people who got to share their stories yesterday online about how incredible he was outside of just being an amazing comedian and actor and host, but like one of the warmest people I've ever met in my life. And I wouldn't be where I am in my career without him. Uh, I think when somebody helps open a couple of those, a couple of those really big doors for you, yeah. that domino effect of the other ways it helps your career are immeasurable. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's it's amazing to see when one person what what a big impact they they can make. God, the impact! It's seeing other comics share their stories of being in awe of him and the way he helps them too. Tiffany Haddish shared a clip of talking to him and how he had like a guy went up to her at a laugh factory comedy camp or something and was like, you got to stop being dirty. Cause you're not, you're not going to get as far. And not after that guy walked away, Bob went up to her and said, don't listen to that motherfucker. Like, you gotta be you. And I just like, yeah, I just wished I could hug him through that clip because that's, um, yeah, he was, he was that way. He was like really, oh, fuck, I won't cry. But he was just, so emphatic about when he felt somebody was talented and making sure they knew. Mm-hmm. And 
that it was important to keep going. And uh, it means so much when you're a young comic to have people like that believe in you. And I always wanted to make him proud mm. uh, every step of the way in my career after he had helped me. It was like that felt he, I mean, he's always been America's dad. He certainly felt yeah. like a second dad to me growing up watching Full House and yeah. America's Funny Stone videos. But especially when he um, became a friend, it was like I especially wanted to make him proud. Yeah. Well, I know you, that you have. So, yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh. Well, yeah. so, I don't really have <laughs> Yeah, I don't really have anything to follow that's that. Okay. Honestly, if we're keeping on the just uh, celebrating comedy – um, I watched one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life the other night. Cam and I watched it in one sitting, and it's The Sex Lives of College Girls by Mindy Kaling. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The show is incredible. I highly recommend it. Wow. God, I can't remember what – Cam does all the TV stuff, so I don't remember if it was on HBO HBO Max, Prime. I think. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's HBO it Max. I mean, laugh out loud funny. We watched the whole thing back to back. It was it, it, absolutely incredible. So highly recommend that if you're a comedy fan or if you're just like a good TV yeah. show um the writing is impeccable the characters the acting it's so incredibly well done so yeah just awesome that. yeah okay guys right, everybody uh, i hope you have a great rest of your week remember to go to kelseycook.com and get those tour date tickets there's a ton and uh yeah we will talk yeah. to you next time bye all right love you bye Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. 